Guess what? It's time to dance. When a smile can light up an entire theater, when your friends are successful and loving life, when hard work brings incredible success, and when positivity and joy permeate everything you do, then the universe will surely be kind to you. And we couldn't be happier for Tony Sukar. In 2018 and 2019, winning for Best Tropical Album for Mas Demi and Producer of the Year. Tony is the youngest person ever to be awarded in both categories. This is what the new era, I think, of salsa should be. It's time for OWC Radio. Tech Talk with Creatives. Conversations with host Serena Catania. I spoke with Tony Sukar about his decades-long devotion to his craft, his debut album and project Unity, his reaction to winning his Grammys, his musical and loving family who immigrated from Peru to Miami when he was three, his master's degree, his tips for success in life, and his musical techniques. Get ready for a fun ride. I am here with Tony Sukar. And we are going to have a great conversation. I can just tell. Look at that smile. That smile. You are a smile. Your smile. <laughs> Your mother must love that smile. <laughs> yeah, well, I get it from her. And, and actually, my grandfather, her dad, has like an amazing smile. It just lights up the room, you know. And um, so I have to thank them for that. Sure. Yeah, you inherited it, I can tell. You really did. So you were born in uh, Lima, Peru, right? Yes, I was born in Lima. But um, at a very young age, I came to uh, Miami, Florida. I was about almost three years old. And um, I grew up here ever since. So do you still have relatives there, though? Do you go back? Oh, yeah, for sure. I have um, a lot of family still there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll go back for like um, a lot of uh, business work now because since I'm a Peruvian, um, that's uh, the majority of my fan base is actually in Peru. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of shows and well, when, when we could do shows, right? I would go back. So I haven't been back in a while since February. Uh, and then the pandemic hit, you know, it was one of my last shows actually before the pandemic. Oh, that's tough, isn't it? I was in Lima. It's um, it's a it's a it's a beautiful city in some ways and a l- really dangerous in others. It's yes. changed over the years, so it can be pretty rough. But I have dear dear friends there. The people are so warm and loving, and you know, and the food is awesome, and the company and the music. So, yeah, I envy you those trips because um, oh, it's beautiful, great food. The food in Lima is amazing. You know, there's a lot of variety. And, um, you know, I guess the main thing that I really love about it is that, you know, I just, uh, I feel at home. You know, I feel at home. Yeah. Very- they say that wherever you are in your formulative years, that's where you always feel the most comfortable. So, but you, you mentioned when we were setting all this up that you started in music at a very young age and that you were raised around music. Was that because of your family or because of the culture in, in and around Lima or both? No, no, no. Actually, I got into music here in the United States. Uh, 
but you know, I, I, I grew up in, in a house, in a home with a lot of music around us because my mom is a singer. My dad is a piano player. So that's how I got the music bug at a very early age. Not, not, not just because I, you know, naturally liked it, but it was kind of like expected, you know, it was like, <laughs> what instrument do you like? And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so you had to kind of pick up an instrument. And then that's how I got into the percussion and the piano. Well, you started first with piano, right? Yeah, because my dad's a piano player. And uh, I've always had a passion for, for like, just watching him play. And I always wanted to play like him. But then I had a very bad teacher. Um, he gave me, like, he put me into magnet school here. Had a terrible piano teacher. She kind of traumatized me. Oh, no. I left the piano. Yeah, I got super traumatized. It was terrible. Terrible. Um, I think I have, like, I think I have, like, some type of uh, PTSD, actually, because of this. But I don't even realize it. You know, I don't remember it. It kind of, like, I just blocked. Yeah. And it's still, like, middle school, you know, so you think you remember. But I think I just blocked all those moments, and I can't even really remember. And it kind of... um. I don't know. Not that I regret it. I think it all ha- everything happens for a reason. But um, at the same time, I kind of feel like I, I wish I would have continued. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of people don't understand that creative people are also very sensitive, you know, and especially children. Um, a good educator can make or break a child's psyche with just a few words. But you're strong. You came out of it. You climbed oh, yeah. out of it. So did you left piano then and then went on to uh, to pick up percussion? percussion? Uh-huh. The drums. And I felt like it was a, kind of like an escape because percussion and the drums is, first of all, it, I think it's a lot more simple um, instrument. So I wanted to do something simple that wasn't so like demanding. And then it's a very loud instrument too. So... <laughs> I love to just make a lot of noise. Just like, <laughs> well, I don't. <laughs> I don't know if you'd say drums loud. are simple, right? They they are loud, but they're. I don't know. Maybe they're simple for you because you have a natural ability with them. But that's not. Yeah, that's that, I think a lot of people take that's for granted how difficult playing percussion properly is. You know. I agree with you. I agree with you. There's a lot of um preparation involved in order to actually start you know to be able to play in a band for example you know and be able to play all these different rhythms and keep time at the end of the day like the drummer or the percussionist main role is to keep time and that was always natural for me so that's why i found it simple but for a lot of people it's not that simple and they're just like i can't keep the time and then they can't even play with bands even if they practice a lot, a lot, like they, that's just such a natural thing. You, you, you're either able to keep time or you're not really, you know? So luckily God, um, you know, gave me that talent to do that. That's pretty amazing. It, it's, it's, uh, you're in that instance, the leader of the, the whole pacing and the sound and the feel of it all. And, and, but you know what I noticed? I've, I've watched you play. I've been watching a lot of your videos. Um, and you really get into it. You just, I mean, I think 
what makes you so good, and tell me if I'm wrong, because I'm definitely not a percussionist. One of the things I noticed when I was watching a lot of your videos is that, you know, there are some percussionists that are, they're technically really good, but they pay attention to the technique and they're watching the drums and, and you do that. But am I wrong? I mean, you've, you feel to me like you're totally losing yourself in the music. Your technique is so ingrained in you that you're feeling that music. And I think that's part of what keeps you on tempo, right? Most definitely. I think, you know, one of the most important things is to have fun. And I lose myself in the music, like you say. I just shut off everything, all my worries. And, and it's all about the music in that moment. And I'm, I'm actually very good at being able to concentrate while having fun. That's very difficult for some people. Like some people, like they make serious faces when they're playing because they're so concentrated in what they need to do. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I can concentrate. Like I am my, my, I'm conscious of where I am in the music, but I'm at the same time conscious about I'm having such a blast, you know? And I'm just like, and, and, and in that moment, I cannot think of anything else but just what I'm doing in that moment and, and just like vibing, you know? Yeah. So it's really fun. Yeah, you do. And I, I see that you watch the other people you're playing with. So you're part of the group, you know, you really get in there. And uh, I, I just think that's wonderful. So you, you have fun. What is your favorite kind of music? Because you play, you play different kinds. I mean, there's, there seems to be obviously a Latin leaning, but you do all kinds of music. So if you have to pick between like salsa and, and jazz and pop and Afro Latino and all of those, what, what do you think? you're most leaning towards now i really love salsa music you know for me that is like it's just life i don't know what it is there's something about it that i can't just ignore although i love all styles of music and actually to be honest with you on my free time i listen to more like country music right now too i listen to a lot of country music i listen to a lot of um jazz and but you know, there's something that when the real good salsa comes on, it's like, it's over for me. You know, I want to get up and dance and celebrate. And there's a lot of life to the music and a lot of, um, you know, it's a lot of creativity, a lot of uh, musicianship involved. And I'm a musician, so I really enjoy that. And a lot of organic stuff, which is like horns and a lot of human created sounds rather than computer generated sounds. And that to me, is something very important. So you were talking about, uh, you listen to country now too, huh? That's pretty cool. I really love country music. I think it's probably one of the most uh, beautiful songwriting art forms out there. And I love to tell stories. So for me, it's it's just always a, a pleasure to listen to these songs, you know, and all these great writers from Nashville, like beautiful productions. And um, again, I grew up in the United States, so I'm still Americanized, you know, very American, I would say. Uh, more, you know, American than Peruvian, even like just because of the way I grew up. However, you know, that's the cool thing with me is that I'm just sort of a mix, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're going to try some country music, you think? I definitely will. I'm going <laughs> to try that down the road. That's cool. And country, you know. Oh, that's awesome. I think that's awesome. The thing I like about country is it's just, it's all about love and romance and, you know, 
the guy gets the girl, the guy loses the girl, or the girl gets the guy, the girl loses the guy. It's all about love. And that's a lot of what the Latin music is about. It's just a different style of music. So that, that would be awesome. I think you should try that. I love country because it's got great storytelling and it's among my favorite genres of music. That's going to surprise a lot of people. <laughs> so your journey, you, you left Lima when you're about three years old with your parents, you moved to Miami. Um, who else was in the house with you? Did you have siblings? I mean, what was it like growing up? Um, I do have a, uh, a sister and a brother and they're very musical as well, which is super cool, right? Because it was like, you know, you have the Jackson 5 and then you have the Sukar 5, right? <laughs> We're also five. Like, well, not, you know, uh, awesome. five brothers or whatever. But my mom was singing. My dad was, you know, playing the piano and I was playing the drums. My brother is a DJ. My sister was a singer. So it was like a family affair. And um, we would always work together all the weekends. So we were all very united all the time. Um, so it was very fun to grow up. Plus, I really love to play soccer. For me, that was one of my, my biggest passions. And my brother played soccer and then my dad was our coach. So wherever we would sort of go, our family would go together. You know, then my sister would bring all her friends to our soccer games. And my mom would be there with like, you know, all these percussion instruments and all these, you know, the soccer mom, you know, the soccer moms going crazy every time we scored a goal and, you know, <laughs> scandalous people and making a lot of noise, <laughs> Latino, <laughs> crazy Latino people, you know. <laughs> so it was it was actually very fun growing up i think um you know every family has their issues and stuff and it was never easy for us especially we had a, a strong economic struggle as immigrants here my dad sort of left all of his dreams and all of his um his career and everything back in peru and he had a great job and everything to start coming uh you know to come to the united states to like clean bathrooms and start from scratch and then all for the benefit of us you know my brother my sister and i so that's something that's always in my heart you know and um that's why for me it's like i owe everything that i've ever built and done in my entire life to my dad for having that vision and for taking that leap of faith and doing it completely unselfishly you know just like I'm going to do this for the future of my family. That's huge. You know, like for me, it's like, wow, like what a great, like what a, what an amazing story and what a great person. So that's why I try to be a great person in life because my dad has always shown that with actions, not just with words. And he's proud of you too. I'm sure. Yes. I'm, I'm sure of that as well. I feel like he, he's really proud of me and he's very, um, He's very emotional about it as well. He, he's, and he, he, he says it all the time, which is very important. Oh, I love that. My grandfather immigrated from Sicily when he was 13. He came over on the boat and he worked to bring everybody from that side of the family over one at a time and um, met my grandmother actually in Brooklyn. Wow. I have great admiration for people. And my mother immigrated from Belgium because she met my father during World War II. So there's, there's a, a strong sense of family that happens when you move from a, a country that becomes, it's your homeland, but it becomes a foreign country when you move here. And then learning everything new, it's, it's not easy, but 
there's something so rich about it. I wouldn't trade the way I was raised for the world. That's why parenting is so important because you really mold that person for the rest of their life, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to make sure that family is always number one. Like that's just like a priority and everything. And uh, because that is like the real nucleus of everything. And if you have a strong foundation, then you can go off to do whatever you want anytime because you have a strong foundation. You're going to be like most likely making the right decisions not throughout your life. Yeah. Cause you have that. But if you don't, then it's easy to fall through the cracks because maybe you don't really care, you know, about the real important things in life. And you yeah. try to escape with like materialistic things or whatever. I noticed that you sing. I see you singing in these videos too. You were doing some some vocals on some of those songs, weren't you? It's, it's background vocals here and there, you know, but I'm not a singer. Oh, I think you are. <laughs> But yeah, I can, you're just having so much fun. It's really fun to watch. So what made you decide to, you know, this is something I wanted to ask you too, because a lot of young people who love music and want to get into music and, and it's the struggle. Your family obviously loved what you were doing and were very, very supportive. There are a lot of kids out there whose parents don't want them to do that. You know, they want them to get into a profession where they're going to supposedly make a lot of money. And the young person has to make a decision about, well, do I go to college? Or do I just start working on my music? I mean, what made you decide to go on to college and then even to your master's degree? So there were some decisions that were made there. Why did you decide to do that? I decided to do that because my father always, you know, he, he always put a lot of emphasis in education. My dad is doing a master's right now in, in business. You know, my dad is like always constantly studying and he loves to learn. He's a bright, he's a bright individual, very clever. Um, and just, uh, he knows a lot about a lot of things. So that's why I, I had to go that route, you know. Plus, my sister went to Harvard. She graduated <laughs> from Harvard you know with a with a you know a medical degree and she went on after that to do even a speciality at nova you know so she's like a super nerd and it was like how was i not gonna go and do that at least a master's you know in music like that was just the least i could do there's a lot, a lot of pressure <laughs> sibling rivalry right <laughs> especially because she was though you know she was she had all the brains definitely Oh, I don't know. You know, I just had, you know, I, I've always been a bright person, but I was more street smart. You know, I'm a very street smart person. I can, I can, you know, smell things. I can like, you know, feel, um, got the feel the environment, you know? Yeah. Got the That's instincts, good. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a hunter, you know what I mean? That's what I do. I, I just go out and hustle and <laughs> that's how I've got into where I am today. You got to be able to hustle. You got to be able to like, you know, make tough decisions and be able to go through rough times and survive at the same time. Miami so, is not always the easiest place to live in either, right? So I'm sure that there were some challenging times yeah, there Miami, for you. Miami's uh it's very diverse, which makes things a little weird sometimes because you find yourself in a position where you want to like maintain yourself with the clicks, you know, that that you are sort of uh, culturally a part of. So you got like, you know, even amongst the Latinos, 
you know, it's not just like the Latino community. No, it's like the Cuban community. And then you got your Colombian community and your Peruvian community and your Argentinian community, right? And there's all these little different communities. And um, a lot of times they don't mix, you know, especially when it comes into the music world as well. Remember, I'm playing a lot of Cuban music, so I'm not Cuban. And for me to like break through and like prove to the world that as a Peruvian, I can make salsa music and I can make it legit was a tough process. And it was difficult to actually get people to um, dive into my, my, my sound, you know. I'm definitely the first Peruvian to ever win, you know, a Latin Grammy as best salsa album. So that was huge, right, for Peru. And it was like, wow. But there was a lot of work behind that. Let me tell you, I went through so much to try to get there, you know. And just the fact that I did it, it makes me so, like, proud of myself and proud of my team and proud of, you know, my family. Um, but now I'm looking to bigger and better things, right? You always want more and you never like sort of, uh, you never want to plateau yourself, but it was a big accomplishment that I never thought I would be able to reach. Promise you. Well, for those who don't know, I think you were nominated in 2018, right? For best tropical song. That was Menamoro Mastery. Yes, that's a beautiful song. And but then the next year you got four nominations and you walked away with two wins. Is that right? In 2019, as producer, as well yeah. as um, the best salsa <laughs> song of the year. So, so that was yeah. pretty awesome. And I think and huge. Rest, yeah, it's monstrously huge. And for the rest of your life, everybody's gonna always say you were the youngest ever, right? At that time in that category yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah you know so i'm gonna tell everybody out there do not underestimate young people you know we we always have a tendency to think oh they're young they don't know but some of the best talent comes from the heart the and young people and so that that was great so your family must have been jumping up and down when you won <laughs> big party afterwards oh it was huge party huge. <laughs> I'll bet. I'll bet. it was like the biggest thing ever you know and and I, I i went to peru and it was like you know michael jordan was like coming to town type of thing i was like man what's this like and and you know and it's crazy because the struggle is always like real so before i would have to beg to try to get interviews there and try to get into the radio and it was just a very difficult process. But once that happened, it was like everybody was hitting me up. You know, they wanted to interview me and they wanted like, you know, for me to be on their show and for, um, you know, for me to be on their radio uh, shows and do all this stuff. And it was like, wow, I'm still the same person, you know, as before. Like nothing has really changed. Yeah. I just won yeah. a couple of Grammys. My the same i mean why don't you really believe in independent artists why don't you really try to help them out you know but that's just the way industry works you went to school you got your master's what would you tell people however who ask you should i go to school or should i just keep working in bands and groups and you know what should i do what would you tell somebody i get asked that a lot about people who want to get into film and it, for me it's a dilemma because i don't want to go against what their parents would tell them but what advice would you give them? For, for school? 
yeah should they go should they go to school to study music or should they just do it and work in in the field and play in bands and try to make their way that way what do you think obviously you went on and got your master's so are you glad you did that yeah i was super glad that i did that and went to my do my master's degree and all because i feel like that prepared me like crazy i mean i think that was the main thing um that gave me the discipline as well to to learn about a lot of different things you have to understand that this is not just about you know playing music and being good at one thing you have to be well-rounded and being able to you know being able to see the bigger picture and learn about music biz it's going to make you a better entrepreneur and in this industry if you're not really an entrepreneur then you depend on other people you depend on the record labels you depend on everybody else so that's why i think going to school is important i mean some people just naturally have that tendency of becoming well-rounded in different areas so i'm not saying that you have to go to school i mean like there's steve jobs and guys that you know have done stuff amazing careers um historic uh without going but i think like it, it'll never hurt really it'll never hurt so if you have the opportunity and you're not young forever so that's very important um to to make sure that you uh take advantage of your youth and do stuff right away i hear your father talking there <laughs> right <laughs> i i hear your father giving you that advice He's talking in your ear telling you i wanted to talk to you about your producing a lot of very talented artists musicians engineers go into into producing but that to me well it still it still uses all of that creativity but it does involve a slightly different part of the brain when did you first start knowing you wanted to and when did you the must in me was not the first thing that you produced right I produced also a Michael Jackson tribute album called Unity. Unity is a very special project because I've never really um, done anything before that in the commercial world. And that's really what got me known, you know, worldwide, really. It's what went viral for me um, and got me a deal with Universal Music. It put me on the map. I did a PBS special as well. So it was, it was in 2010, right out of college, and I decided I wanted to do an album. And I wanted to do an album that would cause a lot of attention and that can showcase my skills as a producer and as an arranger. So I said, you know, if I can make Michael Jackson's music work in the salsa format and people can dig it, I think people are going to respect me, you know? <laughs> so that's what I kind of did, you know? And, and obviously I was a Michael Jackson fan, so... I, I didn't know how to get licenses. I didn't really know anything about the industry. I just went ahead and started doing it. And it took me four years to actually get the album out um, and like about two years to finish it. So it was a long process, but let me tell you, you know, what, what people accomplish usually in 20 years, I did in four years because it, it just, you know, boosted me at, at such a high level that um, I have to give thanks for that idea. You know, that enlightenment God, you know, he, he just put it in my head and um, and thanks Michael Jackson for his incredible music because everybody's a Michael Jackson fan, you know, there's so many out there. So that was huge. How did you get the rights? How did you license that music? Well, that must have been hard. 
was a huge process, you know, a legal process. Mm -hmm. But luckily I was able to I was able to get the licenses through through the actual estate by presenting my album to them and my project directly to them. And that was like it was actually a very um tough process because I first went through my attorney and my attorney actually told me that they denied everything. I ended up, you know, she ended up telling me to actually like leave the project at a certain point. But I never gave up and I went myself. I did it myself really. I just went myself to try to get it and and boom, I got it, you know. That's amazing. Persevering. You're persevering. It was the Michael Jackson music, but it also benefited. Wasn't it also a charitable album in some ways or not? Am I wrong about that? Definitely we did some nonprofit type of work and stuff, mm -hmm. but it was it was still a commercial project because Universal signed it. And when Universal got involved, they have to make money. You know, that's just the way it is. Of course. And uh, yeah, but we did it. We did the public broadcast uh, show, PBS. And that's always, you know, a uh, nonprofit. You know, there, there really isn't any profit that are generated from those shows because it's, it's funded by the government. Yeah, we, we did a lot of things that were tied into giving back, you know, especially the message of Michael Jackson with like his songs and black or white. And that, that was very important to me actually to make sure that the legacy was respected. And that was one of the reasons why I got the licenses in the first place, because the estate saw the true message behind the album and my project. And I named it unity, you know, so it's all about unity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That, what a way to, to throw yourself into the business, right? So that must've helped you with all of your music videos and the producing in the future. How many people were involved in that PBS project? 35 musicians on stage. So it was big. It was big. And plus 100 musicians that had recorded on the album, the studio album. It was crazy. <laughs> Tony, you have to be amazingly uh, gifted in music, but also really charismatic with people and caring about people because you can't pull something like that off unless you can, you know, help the team unite. It's called unity for a reason, right? That's a lot of musicians and a lot of people behind the scenes, but that's awesome. So we can still see it. Yeah. Yeah. You can go on to pbs.org and just search unity, the Latin tribute to Michael Jackson. And then you can get all of that, uh, you know, information and be able to stream the show. And actually it's available on DVD as well. If people like the CD and the DVD, it's available on my website, tonysukar.com. That's awesome. Yeah. They have to go. We have to visit your website. Talk to me um, about your gear. There's a lot of gearheads yeah. out there. Now, first of all, I want to ask you, because this is OWC radio, and I know you do use some OWC stuff in that studio you're in. Can you talk about what you use and why? Yeah, of course. I use a lot of different, um, you know, audio gear, obviously. But in terms of my sort of computer setup, it's, it's very cool because I use several things from OWC that make everything like smooth and beautiful which is it starts off with the thunderbolt 3 dock which is my main dock and that's where i literally connect everything to and i really enjoy um being able to just connect one cable into my laptop and just like boom everything will turn on um, including my interface my monitors and my screens and stuff like that i also use an envoy um hard drive 
Those are amazing, fast Thunderbolt 3 hard drives. So mm -hmm. those are very, I would say, beneficial when working on music projects and you're recording and um, you don't want any latency or anything like that. Those, are, I would say, are the two main OWC products that I'm always constantly using. But I also use Nikidio Note 8 T10, which is a external GPU um, enclosure that OWC sells so fire because then I can put like an external GPU in there and that helps me edit a lot faster my videos mm -hmm. um, which video production is a very big part of my career now yeah it is what do you edit on what NLA are you using I'm using Mac you know and I I use a, a Mac computer and then I use um, Adobe Premiere Pro mm -hmm. as my main sort of editing software mm -hmm. and I, I really enjoy it because I've, I've been using it for a long time and I'm too lazy to learn anything else at this point. <laughs> well, it's a language, you know, it's hard to switch. Once you start with one, you don't want to switch over and go to something else. So what software do you use when you're writing or, and when you're mixing? What do you use? Well, I use um, Pro Tools mm -hmm. to mix all of my music. I love Pro Tools. For me, it's like one of the best softwares out there, Avid, you know, and I kind of use it for everything now. Although I've used like Logic before as well. I like Logic from Apple. I think it's very awesome software. And I use like a bunch of different plugins and stuff like that, like from Isotope, also from IK Multimedia, Universal Audio, Waves. Oh my gosh, the list is just goes on and on. Isn't that amazing what you need in order to produce sound music video that's uh so if you you have two studios at your house right so what's look around for a minute or think about because yes. this is radio and it's also some of this is going to be audio only um and i know we can see you in here but we can't see all the equipment so what else is around you in terms of the other equipment that you're using well, I use a lot of outboard gear as well in terms of audio. Like I'll use um, an LA-2A compressor, for example, from Universal Audio to Electronics. I will also use, I have a like PreSonus monitor station where I control all of my monitors to do that. I have a pair of PreSonus monitors. I have IK multimedia monitors. I have KRK monitors, <laughs> subwoofer, and a bunch of instruments that you can think of. I also have a Neve BAE preamp. I have the API 512C preamps, which I love for percussion and brass, a lot of brass. I love to record the trumpets and trombones with that. I have a whole list of um, great microphones, starting off with this Austrian company called Lewitt. One of my favorite microphones of all time, the Lewitt 840 is the one that I use the most for vocals. But I also have Neumann, I have AKG, I have Earthworks, which are great microphones as well. You can never stick to just one brand of microphones. It's impossible. It's like, you know, sticking to like one brand of clothing for the rest of your life. You know, you can't, yeah. you, you know, sometimes you got to wear different things for different occasions. And same thing with sound in general. So that's more or less what I have around me and a bunch of instruments, like I said, and cameras and lights. I love lights too. <laughs> yeah, you are made for this, Tony. You are doing what you're supposed to do. You know, what kind of cameras are you using to shoot your videos? I use the Panasonic GH5 camera. I feel like that's my my cameras right now and i can't wait till h6 comes out you know i'm such a gh lover panasonic um i have a different different types of lenses you know i have sigma lenses which are amazing i have a a lot of the native lumix lenses as well and then i have a bunch of little toys like 
you know, slider, electronic slider, motorized slider, what they call it, and like a gimbal, you know, running uh, gimbal is super fun, and a whole lot of memory cards, you know, <laughs> definitely a lot <laughs> like of those a and batteries. Pile memory cards <laughs> yeah well that's where the owc equipment comes yeah in. and i have like you can plug your card into that thunderbolt 3 dock it goes right in there <laughs> exactly that's what i love that's what i love i also have a um a hard drive uh thunder bay which mm -hmm. is cool and i also have a thunderbolt 2 um pci card like enclosure which i have for my pro tools hd rig which is also owc so I have a bunch of OWC stuff as well, like in my studio. You know, I just don't remember all the things I have a lot of times so much. Well, because there's a lot of it. But talk to us about the instruments that you're using when you play percussion. What do you have now that's your favorite set? Well, for sure, my favorite, favorite, I would say, instrument to play is called the timbales, which are the ones that look like the drums standing up. Those are so fun to play. I also have cajon. I also have congas, I have bongos, I have piano, I have bass, guitars, I have everything really in my studio and I have like trumpet, you know, so it's always like, there's never an excuse to not make music because everything is around you all the time. <laughs> You're in a toy shop there. I want you to take some pictures so we can put them up. Where, do, where are the timbales made? Those are made by a company called Latin Percussion LP. It's the leading brand of all percussion. I'm endorsed by them, which is a great thing because they have so many different types of percussion instruments and um, they're always sending me all these great, great instruments and great um, variety of like stuff from Cuba or wherever. So the timbal is actually, the instrument itself was born in, in Cuba. However, the ones that I play, I think are made in Taiwan. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but they sound funny. Would not have expected that. I didn't know that. That's funny. So the commu the Cuban community has braced you at this point. I'm assuming you have made them proud with the music that you've played, and um, it's just so much fun watching those videos. It really is. I gotta thank you. Thank you for that. I wanted to ask you for the people who are listening that would love to get some tips from you. Are there things? that you know now that you didn't know when you were younger that you wish you had known can we think of maybe three things tips you might want to give people especially other percussionists you know very important tip is to never give up on your dreams and be very disciplined because talent is very relative so even though you find yourself maybe comparing you know your your skill to another musician or percussionist that talent is really relative and if you find yourself like too behind or whatever, it doesn't mean that you're never going to catch up or surpass what you're looking at or what you're listening to. It just means you got to put in the hard work. You got to put in hours. You got to put in, you know, the training. So the, my main thing is train a lot, practice a lot. Don't waste your time when you're younger, for sure, because as you get older, things get complicated for sure so <laughs> you want to use that you know youth time to try to get as good as you can because like for example me you know i haven't practiced in like six years i haven't picked up my instrument to practice just never have time 
um, producing so much and writing and doing all these things, which is kind of like practice, but it's never going to be like actually sitting down and practicing your instrument and, you know, getting your technique better and stuff like that. So I, that's what I suggest as my best piece of advice, you know, be disciplined so that you can be able to reach your dreams. Is there a certain aspect to your technique that other percussionists admire you for? Or what are you known for in that world? I think I'm known for my smile the most, actually. That's what people talk <laughs> about the most. They're like, man, that guy has so much fun, you know? Like, why is he having so much fun? He's like it's having true. a blast. And, you know, like, he's so charismatic and he's like, and he's so like slick, you know? And, and I kind of compare myself to like, the south american soccer players because south american soccer players like brazil argentina peru colombia you know we tend like and i play soccer right so we tend to really love to make things complicated because it looks complicated <laughs> and we kind of want to just like have fun and we're not really going for the goal you know we're not really thinking about we want to like win this championship and we're going to do whatever it takes technically or theoretically that's the thing with me and music too it's like i'm not like trying to be the best i'm just trying to be the one that has the most fun i want to have fun when i'm doing it you know like I, and i just want to have such a blast so i write music that i i know when i play it live i'm gonna have a blast so i'm not making music like diggy 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 you know Mm -hmm. I'm making music that is like really has a lot of breaks, has a lot of power, has a lot of stuff. When you're having fun with something that you've written, what song immediately comes to mind? The first song I think um, I would love, you know, I, I really have fun with is um, probably the Michael Jackson stuff. You know, that was really fun. Like Billie Jean is my one of my favorite songs to play. And I always open the show with that because I got to set the tone. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know if I'm allowed to play that on this show, though. Probably would get dinged for copyright. Oh, okay, well, we, well, we can play um, Enamoro Más de Ti is another one that I really love to play. And yeah. that's a super fun song. And that's on my Más de Mi album. So I want to know, is your, is your mother happy? Are you in love? Are you in a relationship? Do you talk about that? Do you have time for that in the middle of all this music? Yeah, of course. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, I'm married. I've been two years married, happily married. That's so awesome. It's still sort of fresh. And yeah. It's been, a, it's been a process of learning also. Because I, I, we never lived together. Um, we were like those type of, you know, grew up very Catholic or whatever. And it was like, mm -hmm. you don't move in until you're married and all that so that was very uh um a big transition for me and everything actually happened last year like last year i launched the album i got nominated i won i got married i traveled the world touring you know i even went to bahrain you know the middle east to play salsa you know it was crazy wow. so it was a lot of transition and um you know I'm, I'm so grateful for my wife and how much she sacrifices also to be with me because i'm a very complicated person uh my complicated life is is what it is i'm not i'm not a complicated person in the sense that i don't really need a lot to be happy i just am a workaholic like massive workaholic to the maximum potential and everybody that i've met not gonna lie to you but everybody that i've met has always told me Tony, I've never met anybody that works as hard as you. Like, never in my life I've ever seen anybody just 
sacrifice so many hours of sleep you know <laughs> and it's like, i haven't had so much sleep in such a long time and my eyes just kind of just like <laughs> shut off you know it's been tough you know? and then my mother it seems as if she's happy for me but she's very japanese you know so she, japanese people don't really express their feelings you know and that's the other thing is that because of my culture background i have all these mixes so i understand you know my mom's language of love for example i can tell that it's by you know just doing stuff for you or something you know what i mean like cleaning after you or showing that she's there absolutely to support. absolutely so but she'll you- never say like Tony, I'm proud of you. Like, I don't even remember when the last time she said, Tony, I'm proud of you or I love you or something like this. I don't remember in my entire life. Like, it's just the Japanese thing. It's so weird. You know what I mean? But, you know, everybody has their thing. You know, I just gotta, but I'm not like that. I'm like my dad. My dad says I love you every two seconds, you know? It's crazy. (laughs) I do that with my kids too. I think maybe too much. I tell them I love them all the time. (laughs) But I do. That's great. You know? You know? just want to smush their cheeks. <laughs> yeah, you That's how it should be. Yeah, it's wonderful. Well, I'm so proud of you too. Um, and I, I can hardly wait for the next thing you do. We have to stay in touch. Yes. Maybe, um, let's send people to your website again. Where do you want them to go to buy some of your music? Oh, yeah, yeah. You can go to TonySukar.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'll find all my links to all my social media. So you can follow me okay. on everything, you know, all the platforms, even TikTok. You know, I love to do TikToks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always doing a lot, a lot of um, uh, videos on my YouTube channel. So you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is Tony Sukar as well. And 2021 is going to be one of the most important years for me because I'm diving into a different area that I've never done before as a producer and director of film. And I'm going to be launching my first documentary and it's a self-documentary. So it's about my life. It's really cool. And about how I was able to, you know, get to the Grammys and all that, being completely independently and, you know, going through all my own struggles or whatever. And then I also have a PBS special that's going to air on Latin jazz in July. That's going to be super fun. And I have a live concert special as (laughs) well coming out and a live album. So (laughs) there's like a lot of good stuff coming in 2021. And you know, I hope you guys can be a part of it just by, you know, being subscribed and just staying up to date. We're going to do some updates on you once in a while so people know where, you know, where you are and what you're up to. And I hope that the pandemic allows a lot of this to happen. It's not easy right now, but if anybody can do it, Tony, you can. So we're rooting for you. I do want to thank OWC for sponsoring this show so that we could talk to you. And I'm excited that you use their equipment because it's great stuff. And, and I just want to thank you for taking the time. Maybe you can get some sleep now. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no? I have a session now. All, oh, my God. All my people are in the studio waiting for me, you know, oh, but they're getting gonna... set up. And oh my um, gosh. I'm, so, I'm so glad. And I, and I apologize. I apologize briefly about my internet connection. But like I said, there's a, they're, they're, and they're doing it here in the, in the area of the studio where they're changing the line now from fiber. I mean, from like, I guess like the normal cable, whatever it was, in, in, mm. into fiber optic. And it's kind of messing up my Wi-Fi a little bit. But, um, but I hope, you know, all your listeners have been able to enjoy the show. And I'm sure I'm going to be back because I really want to tell you about everything that's going to happen next year. I feel like it's going to be amazing. And 
I really enjoyed doing this conversation with you. I felt amazing. It was one of my best interviews yet. For sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're just excited for everything you're doing. And everybody listening, remember what I always tell you, get up off your chairs and go do something wonderful today, even if it's in your own home. Dance to some salsa. <laughs> Tony, thank you. You have yes. a wonderful evening. Have fun at the session. I'll be talking with you again very soon. Everybody have a great day. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.